You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Be joyful, pray, give thanks. Maybe today is finally the day we can pat ourselves on the back and say, well done. Be joyful. I mean, I can look back on the past week and there were times when I rejoiced. I can cross that one off the list. Pray. I look back on the previous week and I prayed too. Well, not not on Tuesday and Thursday, but the other days of the week I prayed, so I'll cross that one off the list too. Give thanks. There were some moments this week where I just stepped back and, and rejoiced and gave thanks, saying, thank you, God, for that. Cross that one off the to-do list. Be joyful, pray, and give thanks. I have done all those things at least sometimes, occasionally, once in a while. And I'm sure as you look back on your life, you would come to the same conclusion. You've done all those things sometimes, occasionally, once in a while. Compare that to these words that I plucked out of the text for us today. Always. Continually. In all circumstances. Everything. Through and through your whole spirit, soul, and body. As it turns out, the words sometimes, occasionally, once in a while, are not a part of the Apostle Paul's vocabulary. And remembering that the Apostle Paul was inspired by God to write these words, the words sometimes, occasionally, once in a while, were not a part of God's vocabulary either. Only words like always, continually, and in all circumstances. So I guess today is not the day we can sit back and pat ourselves on the back and say, well done. The only one who could possibly do that, who always was and is, all of those things at all times is our Savior Jesus. But today we can encourage one another. We can encourage one another to be joyful always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. These words that Paul wrote come at the very end of his letter to the Thessalonians. He writes these things not to tear them down before he signs off. He writes these things to encourage them. And that's the goal here today too. The encouragement to be joyful always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. It helps to know that Paul isn't necessarily describing the way we are to act here. If that were the case, if he were simply describing how we are to act, well then we would have to have come to church today skipping and jumping with a smile on our faces. We'd have to go to the doctor with a big smile on our faces and and rejoicing. It says rejoice always. If Paul was describing the way we are to act, well, then we would have to have our heads bowed 24-7, pray continually. 
If Paul was describing simply the way we are to act, well, then we would have to be mugged one day and say, oh, thank you. That's exactly what I needed today. Thank you. Give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't work that way, though, does it? And it doesn't have to. Because Paul isn't necessarily describing how to act when he tells us to be joyful always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. And something we have to remember is who he's writing this to. The Thessalonians, people who were being attacked for their faith in Jesus. Families were literally being torn apart. Friendships were coming to an end. People were dying because of their connection to Jesus. Paul is not writing them and encouraging them to go to the marketplace and say, hooray, thank you, persecutors, for tearing my life apart. He isn't so much describing and encouraging actions here as much as he is describing and encouraging a proper outlook on life. We don't have to have a defeatist attitude when things don't always go according to our plan. Because Christ has conquered all things, even our biggest enemies of sin, death, and the devil. No, we don't literally have to have our heads bowed 24-7 in prayer, but there is great comfort in knowing that the conversational path between God and us is wide open thanks to Jesus. And how that changes our outlook on life. As the Christian never ever has to say these words, I have nowhere else to turn. There's no one else to turn to anymore. The Christian never has to say those things. And then there's this one, give thanks in all circumstances. I remember a pastor telling me specifically that that we cannot let circumstances determine our thanksgiving. Because life circumstances are like a roller coaster, aren't they? Probably this last week for all of you is like a roller coaster. Some highs and some lows all over the board. Life circumstances are, are, are like a roller coaster. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. And if we let our thanksgiving be determined by our life circumstances, then our thanksgiving is going to be like a roller coaster too. A lot of highs and a lot of lows, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, just like a roller coaster. But that's not how giving thanks is described here. Give thanks in all circumstances. And giving thanks doesn't necessarily have to come with a smile on our faces either. Giving thanks is simply having that understanding that God has a plan, a good and solid plan, and we're a part of it, even during those less than desirable circumstances in life. Paul is addressing so much more than just how we are to act, although this will show up in the way we act as well, but he's addressing something deeper. He's addressing our hearts That's what God's will is for you in Christ Jesus. To be joyful, to pray, to give thanks. And not just sometimes, occasionally, once in a while, but always, in all things, in all circumstances. Easier said than done. I know that too. 
But that's why Paul continues in his encouragement, and I'll do the same for all of us too. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. It's easy to do that, isn't it? To put out the Spirit's fire, to treat the prophecies with contempt, especially at this time of year. How easy it is to have a ho-hum attitude as Christmas approaches. Here we go again. Same old message. Same old message. How easy it is to have that ho-hum attitude again as we draw one day closer to when we'll be here together at the manger. Nothing new here this year. So here's the December encouragement for all of us. Let us not treat the prophecies with contempt as if they are old news not worth repeating. You're right. On Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, you're not going to really hear anything new. Thank God. Thank God for the, the consistent, beautiful, constant message of God's love in sending his son Jesus. Rather than having contempt for the prophecies and the word of God, we, we rejoice in the consistency of those promises and those promises kept. It was the, the hymn writer Isaac Watts who had it absolutely right when, when he, he penned joy to the world. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Don't change the message. Repeat it. It's the joy of the world. Easier said than done. I know that as much as anyone. Another thing that, that can get in the way of our rejoicing always, our giving thanks always, is the rejection of, of the Christmas message, the rejection of Christ. As a congregation, we are going to send out thousands of invitations to our Christmas services this year. Individually, you might send out a few invitations of your own as well. Chances are there's going to be a lot that are not going to accept that invitation. There's going to be a lot that are going to reject it. And, and that is disappointing, isn't it? But we can't let that disappointment lead us to conclude that the word doesn't have any power. We can't let that disappointment lead us to, in our hearts, downgrade the power and authority of the Word of God based upon who is or who isn't here. Because the Word of God doesn't change, and it's the prophet Isaiah who gives us great encouragement and a great reminder that God's Word will not return empty, but it will accomplish what He desires and achieve the purpose for which He sent it. So there's all the motivation to not put out the Spirit's fire, to not treat prophecies with contempt. I speak that encouragement to myself as much as anyone. Another key encouragement in these verses is this. Test everything. Of course, when we read those two words, test everything, we immediately think of teachings. We, we must test teachings to make sure that they are in line with God's word. But here it says, test everything. Might there be some specific things we could test, especially during this month of December? 
As during the month of December, it's filled with a lot of different family customs and traditions, isn't it? Test everything. Are there some of those family traditions and customs that are actually beginning to take our focus away from the Christ child? So evaluate, test everything, test those sacred traditions of your heart and home. Keep the ones that are focused on Christ. But maybe some of those other ones that are only a distraction, maybe some of those other ones that only lead us to be disappointed that we haven't kept them the way they've been in the past, if, if some of those customs and traditions lead us to just be disappointed that the glory days are now gone, Maybe it's time to set some of those to the side. Test everything. If all that these traditions do, and there can be so many of them that all we're, we're left is stressed out by them, maybe it's time to let some of them go. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. And, and evil is anything that takes us away from Christ. And again, this is the Apostle Paul not trying to tear us down. This is him trying to build us up and encourage us. Test everything. So maybe today, some of the things I've mentioned, maybe it's gotten you to evaluate a couple of things in your life. Has you wondering about a, a few things. But you want to know what is really going to make the difference. Do you know who is really going to make the difference? The answer is found in our text for today in verses 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. There are certain things, actually a lot of things, only God can do. And this is one of them. He is the only one who is going to lead us to be less like sometimes, occasionally, once in a while type of people and to be more like continually, always, never-ending type of people. He's the only one that can give us that true Christmas spirit. Christmas spirit. I'm sure you've heard reference to it on the radio or the television at this time of year. Let us not be sucked in by what the world proclaims as Christmas spirit. Instead, by true Christmas spirit, which is joy in the fact that our sins have been washed away. True Christmas spirit, which is joy in knowing that we have been forgiven for the times we have been occasionally, once in a while, sometimes type people. True Christmas spirit, joy in knowing that God, as verse 23 points out, is the God of peace. True Christmas spirit is the joy of knowing that he has established peace with us through the gift of his son. True Christmas spirit is the joy of knowing that we are prepared for when Jesus returns again, as we will be found blameless on that day as a credit to God's grace. There's true Christmas spirit. And that is what is going to inspire in us, instill in us a joy and prayer and thanksgiving that will last beyond the days of Christmas. 
And as it turns out, that's exactly what the world needs from us too. To know that true Christmas spirit is found in Christ alone. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us. Thank you.